Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Sunday, March 26th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Sunday slate. Five games on tap uh, for this Sunday uh, edition of the show, uh, and we'll break those down in just a moment. Uh, huge Saturday. We'll recap that in just a second. Off the top, though, we do want to remind you about the BetCast coming up Tuesday night, March 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, make sure you join us. It'll be me, Alex, and, of course, uh, a bunch of our the viewers and listeners are joining the live betcast as guests. Uh, definitely looking forward to yet another great betcast. Drinking encouraged as always. It's a bar and a pub atmosphere on every betcast. DM me at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com and we will make sure to get you a spot on the betcast this Tuesday night. Don't have many regular season betcasts left. Uh, we've pretty much got three. Uh, because there's three Tuesdays left before the uh, end of the uh, regular season. So uh, not many left, but of course, the BetCast will roll on when the Stanley Cup playoffs arrive. So uh, join us this Tuesday, uh, March 28th, uh, on the next Ice Guys uh, Live uh, BetCast. Uh, let's look back on yesterday. It was a huge, huge slate, 15 yeah. games. I was amazed that Kevin and I got through the uh, entire show in less than two hours, <laughs> you know, with how many uh, games there were uh, yesterday. But we managed to do so uh, just briefly. One of the regrets I had yesterday was not betting Philly. Okay, uh, at three nothing. I figured, you know what, Philly's played a little bit better lately. They just beat Florida and uh, Minnesota in back-to-back home games. Two teams needing points right now, based on their playoff positions. Minnesota's trying to win a division. Florida's just trying to get in, and Philly beat them both. And I said, now Detroit, who's you know we don't really trust Detroit necessarily, and uh, I, I didn't like the price enough. But looking back on it, I kind of wish I had laid the buck thirty there with. Philadelphia, they shut out Detroit 3-0 uh, in that game. Uh, and what was good to see, too, about uh, that game was uh, even though he did uh, not find the uh, scoreboard scoring a goal, we saw Joel Farabee and Forster, because of the empty net goal that was scored, they still got a point in that game. So talked about those two players. Those are players worth looking at with Philadelphia right now. Uh, both of them have been definitely getting the job done offensively. Uh, very, very uh, intense game, Tampa Bay-Boston, considering you know Tampa's not probably going to move up past third in the Atlantic. They're probably locked into their spot. Boston's you know, pretty much clinched every almost everything. They officially clinched the Atlantic division with the win yesterday, 2-1 to one over uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, very, very old school to see the uh, fisticuffs right off the opening face-off. I think that was Tampa Bay trying to spark themselves and wake themselves up out of this malaise and this funk that they've been in. Uh, trying to get go- going early in the game, you know, uh, basically wake themselves, pull themselves into the game emotionally with some physicality early. And we certainly saw that with uh, Pat Maroon and Garnett Hathaway uh, dropping the gloves early uh, in that game. But Tampa Bay still ends up on the short end of the scoreboard with a 2-1 to one, a loss to the Bruins. Seattle humbling the Nashville Predators. What was a very tight game going into the third period ended up being a blowout, a 3-2 Seattle lead early in the third turns into a 7-2 to route, four unanswered goals, and I'm fascinated to see how Nashville comes out today because uh, obviously they can't afford many losses right now, uh, especially when they see teams around them like Calgary, among others, winning yesterday. So how do they respond tonight when they play Toronto, both teams on a back-to-back? Um, I have a theory about that game, and I'll get to it later on. L.A., 4-1 to against Winnipeg. That's two games in a row at home. It's like, what the fuck with L.A. at even money? Seriously, I mean, <laughs> I mean the Calgary game, I get it. Calgary's fighting for their playoff lives. Winnipeg's trying to hold on to wild card positioning. But you're going to tell me L.A. should only be what, minus 110, minus 115 at home against Winnipeg and Calgary. These last two home games, it was ludicrous. Uh, they're just better team. Uh, and certainly the L.A. Kings uh, showed that yesterday. Nice 4-1 to victory over the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Tells you you can't bet motivation, all right, and desperation and urgency alone. You just can't. If you, I mean, if you, if you only bet that, you were on Winnipeg yesterday because you felt they probably needed the points more than L.A. But the price was just too good on L.A. Uh, they were the better of the two teams going into that game. They've been good on home ice all year. 
so it made sense that LA was the right side there for one uh, over the Jets. And the other afternoon games, uh, 5-3 Calgary. Man, it was not easy for the Calgary Flames. When is it ever easy for that team? Uh, but they find a way to get two huge points. And with Winnipeg losing, they're still very much alive, believe it or not, the Calgary Flames. They're not dead yet. They're hanging around there uh, in the wild card race, just uh, four back of Winnipeg for that spot. Uh, Minnesota with a 3-1 win against Chicago, uh, a game that looked like it was going to go to overtime, but uh, a late Minnesota goal uh, gives them the victory, plus they add an empty netter. Uh, the Florida Panthers, man, uh, another costly loss. Uh, do not trust, DNT, do not trust the Florida Panthers. Uh, they lose 4-3 to the New York Rangers with Yarrow Halak in net, by the way. There was no Shesterkin uh, yesterday for the uh, Rangers, and they still beat Florida. Why? And I said I like the Rangers. I had to look at the Rangers, if anything, in that game, plus 105. And I said, why? Because must win doesn't equal will win. It's the Rangers, the better team at plus money against a Florida team. that we've, We just saw them spit the bit against a better team, Toronto, the night before uh, at home. So, again, just because you need the points, you need the wins, it doesn't mean you win. Very, very important rule to make sure uh, all of our viewers and listeners definitely understand that. And Eric Comrie for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, uh, what a performance, a shutout, leading Buffalo to a 2 nothing win over the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, and a very good win for Buffalo. Buffalo is not mathematically out yet. I mean, it's still asking a lot, but uh, that's a pretty good win for them. And now that's back-to-back wins over the weekend to uh, resuscitate the minimal hopes they have. Uh, to make the uh, playoffs, but they're not dead yet, and you just got to keep playing game by game and see where you're where you're at. Uh, Alex, we'll we'll stop there for now because there's still so many games. What did you think of the afternoon slate uh, yesterday? Yeah, I mean, well, that that Eastern wild card race is a mess, and it's a fun mess. These teams are just so sloppy right now. You said you got the Islanders now playing bad after they looked sharp a week ago. You've got Florida still playing like crap. You got Buffalo putting together a good win, but then they still. Uh, the losses they've had have been ugly. It, it, you know, Pittsburgh back and forth. So it's going to be a, an absolute dogfight, as we've said, for these final two spots. And really, whoever lands these two final spots, I can't imagine them getting out of the first round, especially now with Boston taking care of business, getting the early win, like I said, wrapping up the Atlantic division, and now having to come back, of course, today, play another early start. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they respond, of course. But, you know, it's just, it's just funny now how we're seeing – we're not seeing any separation from these teams in the East. And, you know, it, it's weird. You usually would see, okay, well, this team's now starting to run away and they're winning some games and everybody else is losing, or these couple of teams are starting to lose and fall out. It, just, it has literally flip-flopped every night. And now you can add to the mix, as we will talk about in the later uh, portion, the Central Division standings now uh, have become a revolving door with those three, you know, three teams now battling uh, for that first-place spot. So it, it's a lot of fun to watch. And like you said, you know, you, you have to take the playoff equation out of it sometimes when you're making your bet because, uh, you know, it's a team that needs it with the most importance. That's not always the team that's going to win. And the, the great case of that was certainly, like I said, the L.A. Kings, who is a team that the books keep sleeping on them. Betters keep sleeping on them. We've been talking about them all year long. This is an L.A. Kings team that is rocking and rolling right now uh, and easily one of the hottest teams in hockey. And I love the way they're doing it. One of the other hottest teams in hockey, but they've been doing it pretty ugly. It was a, you know, a solid win yesterday, but uh, the Minnesota Wild, you know, uh, you know, grinding out these games. They've been earning points in 18 of the last 19, uh, beating Chicago three to one. But they didn't, you know, make it easy on themselves early. It was a close game throughout, you know, heading into that third, heading deep into the third period. Uh, you know, and Philip Gustafson has emerged clearly. People, that's that's the debate now here in St. Paul. The next, uh, you know, three three days. Who started game one for the Wild? Is it Flory or Gustafson? You don't want to take the risk of what you did last year. You started Flory instead of Talbot. You pissed Talbot off. You had to send him out, and that's how Gustafson got here. So now you got to really sit and, and Dean Epson has and uh, Bill Guerin, whoever, all the people that are going to be involved in making this decision. They got to really sit down and think who's going to be the number one. And I think they might need to roll with Gustafson uh, over Flory this time around. I think they will too. I actually think they will too. Uh, and uh, it's not, and look, I'm sure it'll be disappointing for Mark Andre Fleur. I'm sure he didn't come to Minnesota thinking he's going to be the backup going into the playoffs. But uh, at this point in time, you know, it's been, it's been a great emergence for Philip Gustafson. What can you say? He's been, he's been terrific, you know, yeah. for the better part of the last few months and he's the younger goalie, yeah. you know, and you, the thing is too, if he struggles, you've got Mark Andre Fleury right there. Put exactly. him in. If it's a bad first game or first couple games, and you've got Fleury to go to, so it's not a bad thing. Here, here's the thing: one, Gustafson has played his ass off. He's now he's a 16 star with one goal or fewer allowed this year. Yeah. 
And look at what, you know, think about how the Washington Capitals won using two goalies. I think about 2015 with the, with the Blackhawks where, you know, Scott Darling emerged and carried them out of that first round and then Crawford came back in. Having two goalies is important. We talk about this all the time, not just to keep you afloat in the regular season, but sometimes in the playoffs. And sometimes starting with that backup, letting him while he's hot, uh, you know, get his playoff feet wet, get them, try to keep that momentum rolling. And then if he doesn't, you have a veteran who has won you Stanley Cups, who's been in this situation time and time again, that can bail you out. Utilize that system because you don't want to be in the opposite where you're a veteran flurry who we saw struggle at the beginning of the year. You don't want him to have a reset. Uh, and, and that's something we got to really talk about, too, as we get close to the playoffs. Those days off in between, we're not going to be jumping back into the pl- playoffs like we had the last few years. There's going to be teams having two, three, even four days off from their last game of the first start of the playoffs. You want to have your veteran be fresh and, and ready to come off the bench or come into a series and, and take over if needed. You don't want that the other way around because having that young kid possibly being rattled after already seeing – a veteran, an experienced veteran getting chased out and having this, you know, now you have to start. That could change the entire psyche for both goaltenders and that team. So I think the best move, honestly, that would be to go with Gustafson first and have Flurry uh, be your safety net. I agree. Totally. I'm totally on board with that. I think Gustafson's earned that first chance uh, in game one uh, in the uh, playoffs. All right, let's go to Saturday night's action. Uh, lots of games on Saturday night as well. We'll start with the games that were, I guess, I guess less significant. Uh, Montreal pummeling Columbus eight to two, uh, the best bet cashes with the uh, over for me on the show yesterday with that in very easy fashion. What was shocking to me is eight goals for the uh, Montreal Canadians. As our chat points out, as someone that bet Kirby Doc to score a goal and a point, he didn't have anything to do with the eight goals last night. So that was really, really surprising. I did get bet a little Raphael Harvey Pinard, but I did not think he would get a hat trick. So at least we got in on a goal prop involving him. He was good. Uh, last night for the uh, much very good, obviously, getting the hat trick and uh, another horrendous defensive game from Columbus. They've had a bunch of them lately uh, and in that 8-2 loss. And then we saw two teams playing for exercise. They said, don't worry about who wins the game. Just bet the over. And St. Louis and Anaheim lived up to it. 6-3 for the uh, St. Louis Blues over the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, last night. Uh, we saw Vancouver with a 3-1 to win against Dallas. Very, very impressive win again for the Canucks. Matthew Murray was the surprise starter for the uh, Dallas Stars last night. And look, the Canucks have finally played some respectable team defense the last several games under Rick Tockett. And let's give Rick Tockett credit. I know there were people that, now look, the Vancouver fan base has found it very, very difficult to warm up to their new head coach, Rick Tockett. And it's not because they don't like Rick. It's because he's following a guy that they thought was treated extremely poorly in Bruce Boudreaux going out in Vancouver and a well-liked, you know, uh, just someone that was very well-liked Bruce Boudreaux uh, in Vancouver. And obviously people know he got treated like shit, you know, going out the door. And I think any coach in Rick Tockett's shoes, the fan base was going to take a while to, you know, really get to like that coach or, you know, accept them, you know, after what happened with Bruce Boudreaux. But uh, there's no doubt that uh, the Canucks are making inroads. Um, but you can also say, hey, the Canucks do this shit every year, late season surge after they're out of it. And yes, maybe that's part of it too. This will be, we'll know more next year, right? Rick Tockett's going to have a full training camp, you know, and we're going to find out, you know, if this is sustainable, something that can carry over into the next season. So you don't want to go overboard with too much praise and wow, this is, they really got this thing turned around. No, we're not there yet. Uh, but there's no doubt it's been a better uh, team overall effort from the uh, Vancouver Canucks lately, uh, no question. Uh, and they get a nice three to one win against a Dallas team. Look, that's been playing well. And Vancouver continues to just own Dallas. That's six straight wins for the Vancouver Canucks over the Dallas Stars uh, with that victory last night. Um, very disappointing for Ottawa. You know, they got the first goal against New Jersey. Uh, and they had the you know the lead again later in the game. New Jersey ties it, and then they ended up winning five three. As someone with Ottawa in the draw split to not get either is very disappointing because the effort was there for Ottawa, but the breakdowns were there unfortunately when they didn't need them defensively. And unfortunately, you know there was a couple of those instances last night where it was like, can I get a save from Mad Sogard? And you just didn't get it. Uh, from him for the Ottawa Senators. And that ended up being the difference, a 5-3 New Jersey win and another tough blow to the very, very slim, slim, and I mean slim, playoff hopes 
for the uh, Ottawa Senators at this point. Uh, Carolina in a very entertaining game with Toronto, 5-3. You talk about another disappointing loss just because I thought Toronto outplayed Carolina. They had over 40. When's the last time, Alex? Carolina's given up 40 shots on goal. I mean, this yeah. is just not a team that that happens to very often. And Toronto had 43, 44 shots on goal, and they lose. That's hard. That's tough. And you can tell the Leafs after the game. It's like, we loved our game. We loved the way we played tonight, and we ended up losing. Uh, 15 shots on goal, 15 of the 43, 44 shots were Austin Matthews. I've never seen that before. That many shots for one player. 15 friggin' shots on goal for Austin Matthews last night, including two goals. I think that's the best thing to come out of the loss, if anything, for Toronto, is that Austin Matthews is heating up at the right time. You know, he looks healthy. He's got his finishing ability back. Uh, he looks like that dominant player again. That's exactly what Toronto wants going into the uh, playoffs. But what they also want is Matt Murray to have better rebound control. Matt Murray to make a key save at a timely moment in the game. And unfortunately, that did not happen uh, last night for Toronto. So, again, I, I thought they played well. I thought they should have won that game. But... Coulda, woulda, shoulda, didn't. Uh, 5-3 win for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And Kochekov was immense. You know, yeah. absolutely terrific. And I think Rod Brindamore and the Hurricanes, there's now whispers if you listen to your Elliot Friedman and your uh, and some of your insiders that have been talking about this situation with the Carolina goaltending. There are people starting to think inside the organization about giving Kochekov game one in the first mm -hmm. round. I mean, and uh, I wouldn't be, obviously be against that. Uh, and uh, I don't know how Freddie Anderson's going to feel. Uh, but I, I think it's safe to assume anti Ronta's is not coming back anytime soon. This this healing for him doesn't seem to be progressing at all. Uh, but um, it is what it is. This is the goalie of the future. And unfortunately for Frederick Anderson, he's not played his best hockey post-All-Star break. His best hockey was pre-All-Star break. He was playing very well before the break. He hasn't been as good uh, after the break. And I don't mind it one bit if uh, Pyotr Kochekov's in the net game one next month. Yeah, and if I'm Frederick Anderson, I wouldn't want, you know, or at least if I'm Carolina, I wouldn't want Frederick Anderson to worry too much because if he worries himself enough, he might get hurt again because that's just what happens with Frederick Anderson. He, he plays either good hockey or then he plays some mediocre hockey and then he gets hurt. Uh, and Carolina has to see the writing on the wall now with the two goalies that they have that are veterans that these guys can't stay healthy. You have Kuchetkov, who is a, you know, he is at least proven at one level that he can carry a team on his back and win because you have to keep in mind, last year in Chicago, he was not the starter. This guy was literally like the fourth-string goaltender in the AHL, which would make him the sixth, seventh-string goaltender in, in the whole organization. He merged and carried them when they needed it, when they had injuries and, and issues. And the fact that he was able to do that in what it's only been two and a half years in North America says a lot. I think this is the time to give him the shot. This is, uh, And I think they're going to kind of ride this the way – we saw St. Louis with Jordan Bennington, the way we saw Ottawa with Andrew Hammond. You know, he's still that young guy, but he's got a ton of energy, a ton of fire, and he's already played in some big-time hockey. Give him the bigger stage. He played in the NHL playoff game last year. So why not give him the stage right now? I think he's the, the best of those three options, and he's the guy who can stay. You know, he's clearly the most durable of the three options as well. Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how uh... – uh, but I, I'm I'm with you. I think it would be great. I think it would be absolutely great to see uh, Piotr Kochekov, the uh, starting goalie in the playoffs for uh, Carolina. Vegas with a 4-3 overtime win against uh, Edmonton. And boy, I'll tell you what, yesterday was so frustrating with the draws because I honestly had like six or seven draw yeah. bets yesterday. Uh, and we were so close with many of them. Sabres Islanders right there to go to overtime. Ottawa Jersey right there to go to overtime. Toronto Carolina right there to go to overtime. Uh, it was just that Chicago, kind Minnesota. of day. Chicago, Minnesota. Oh, I didn't have that one, but uh, I didn't have that <laughs> one, but it should have gone yeah. to OT. It was, it was one, yeah. one with about five and a half left. Yeah. Yeah. Sabres Islanders was zero, zero well into the third period. Couldn't get mm -hmm. that one at overtime. Rangers, Florida, one goal game, no overtime. Calgary, San Jose was three, three at one point in the third period. I did have a piece yeah. of that. And that ended up five, three uh, Seattle, Nashville was a one goal game until Seattle erupted. Uh, mm -hmm. In the uh, third period, so just so one. many close calls with that. But we finally got one. God damn it. With Vegas <laughs> and Edmonton uh, finally cashed one there at plus 375 with uh, that one going to overtime and a nice win for Vegas. Really? I mean, shorthanded, depleted, great effort in net from Laurent Rose. It does a surprise starter. He was healthy off the injured list. They decided let's put him in there. He hasn't played in a while. I think Bruce Cassidy did that, thinking, honestly, I don't like our chances tonight. Short-handed team against Edmonton. Let's put Brossois in there, get him in. He needs a start. You know, he hasn't played in a while. He played great. 
wow, Laurent Brossois, excellent. And uh, they overcame all the uh, uh, depletion in the lineup. One of their hottest offensive players didn't play. Riley Smith, Alec Martinez was out. I mean, it was, uh, and still they overcome all of it. And Vegas gets the uh, overtime win against uh, Edmonton 4-3. And then the craziest finish of the night was the ABC game uh, last night, Washington and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh looks like they're just going to win cruising, going away 3-0. But nope, next thing you know, 3-1. They take a bad penalty. Ovechkin right off the faceoff, one-timer. Patented Ovechkin goal to make it 3-2. And then just a horrendous breakdown in coverage uh, on the Dylan Strome tying goal, uh, 3-3. And here's Washington. Looking like they're going to lose in regulation. They come back to tie. They were four points behind Pittsburgh for that final wild card spot going into last night. They think they're at least going to get a point and maybe gain ground if they win. And the next thing you know, and this sums up his season with the Washington Capitals for Anthony Mantha, who has been a disaster here with Washington. A disaster. That is definitely going to be one of those uh, trades that you look back on and say, you know what, we want that one back at this point. It's been a horrible season. For Anthony Mantha, he has not made any sort of offensive impact that we thought. Eleven goals is unacceptable. He's such a more he's supposed to be such a more talented player than that. But eleven goals for him this year in sixty-four games is just dreadful. A minus eight rating on the season, plus minus. I think he showed you why. Just a inexcusable, horrendous, horrendous, awful turnover and giveaway uh, in the neutral zone. I don't know what he was trying to do. Dipsy do at the center ice position in a tie game with a minute to go. What the hell could you possibly be thinking yeah. with, you know, it's just, that's not the time to do a nice little dingle dangle move, you know, and basically just cost your team a point and maybe you cost your team the, any playoff chances they had. Because then Malkin goes in, steals the puck, and rips it past uh, Darcy Kemper. I can't blame Kemper much. It was a perfect shot. I mean, ABC had the slow-mo replay of that goal multiple times. And you could see he just put it in the perfect, unstoppable position for any goalie. Uh, it was just the perfect shot for Malkin. And the, the 4-3 win for Pittsburgh. Just a crushing defeat for the Washington Capitals. And right after that game, Alex, I immediately looked to my uh, schedule. Uh, moving forward to find out uh, when uh, the Washington Capitals uh, are going to play next. Uh, and uh, I'm definitely going to be interested in going against them in that game. I mean, this that that's the kind of loss that I don't know if you shake it off that easily. And knowing now that you're now six points back, you know, of Pittsburgh in the uh, wild card chase, they're in action against the Islanders on TNT Wednesday night. Uh, that is their next uh, game. Pretty sure I'll be on the Islanders in that game, uh, if, you, if, if, if you ask me. But I, I that, think that's just a crushing loss for Washington. Hell of a finish. It's a crazy, uh, insane third period uh, in Pittsburgh last night. Uh, Alex, uh, the night games, what did you think? Yeah, and, that, and that's interesting to point out, too, because now they got to sit with that loss for uh, a few days, you know, having that those days off between Saturday night and, and that next game. So that's something to definitely there was an, keep an another eye on. almost draw, by the way, that Washington-Pittsburgh yeah. game. <laughs> but, and that's what I was going to say. And I, I know, you know, we've had some detractors and, and, and people kind of call us out about, the, you know, draw season, which I still think is preposterous. But if you keep in mind, we're talking about all these different coin flips on a 15 game schedule and everything we're talking about is, remember, at prices that are plus 300 or higher. So if you're getting coin flips on plus 300, anybody ever gave you through plus 300 on flipping heads or tails, you, always, you just take it, take whatever, whatever side's giving you that plus money. And, uh, and and that's what we did. And, and we could be easily be talking about seven or eight games cashing in at these high prices, but we aren't. And, and the thing we always talk about looking at these games is when we see division opponents or opponents that need points, when a game is tied late, you usually see the team sit on the puck. Like I said, you don't see what Anthony Mantha does. You don't see those kind of, uh, of blowups late in contests when your team needs a point. It's usually the opposite. So uh, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, good that we have this reference of these are the things you you know we're talking about when we say things slow down in the third period it's it's not making those kind of crucial mistakes it's sitting on the puck it's maybe making that extra pass when when a shot lane isn't open so you don't give up a, a block and then it turns into a two-on-one the other way those little things that you would see in the first 40 minutes of a game typically tend to kind of disappear when teams need points late and, and when, when teams try to risk and gamble and, and take a shot, it ends up backfiring, and then you end up being, uh, like I said, you know, giving up that goal, coming away with nothing. And that's exactly what we're watching. So, so a great example game for something we've been preaching all season. But 
it's unfortunate if you had either the under or the draw in that contest. Like I said, the under was cruising in that one, and all of a sudden, just the goals just start coming back and forth and uh, four three. So, so a night of, of bad beats, which that's bound to happen. We talk about fifteen games uh, in the NHL. It's just tough sliding uh, for some of these picks. And I'm telling you what, right now, um, you talk about it's tough in the social media era to be an athlete when you have a when you make a horrendous play and a mistake in a game well that's anthony met the uh, today i mean just look at this shit right here on twitter this hockey player <laughs> doesn't know how to fucking play hockey i mean there's the image right there on twitter posted by someone <laughs> after last night obviously a capital fan that must not be happy but no that's the sentiment i mean their capitals fans were just livid with that turnover just absolutely beside themselves but that's what it can be i mean it's just it's tough i mean it can be very very difficult you know, when any time uh, there's a bad interception by a quarterback, a bad goal let in by a goaltender, you know, a closer blows a, a save in, in the ninth inning of a baseball game, there are always going to be Twitter sports fanatics on social media that are just vicious, that are absolutely, they take no prisoners with their criticism. And uh, unfortunately, I think that's going to be directed at Anthony Mantha from a lot of hockey fans, especially Capitals fans uh, today uh, after what we saw uh, last night. So uh, he's going to take a beating, but hey, he's not the first athlete to do that uh, after a, a tough night at the office. Uh, all right, hopefully we don't have a tough night at the office or tough day at the office with the Sunday card. It's not the best card, I will admit that, but we do have five games and we will begin with Colorado and Arizona. This is a day game. Note the start time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's a 1 p.m. local game uh, in uh, Arizona at the uh, Mullet Arena. Uh, we've got Colorado minus 310 uh, home road favorites, I should say, six and a half the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, these two teams just played Sunday night. Uh, Colorado got a nice workmanlike, efficient 3-1 win. It wasn't overly dominant, but they got the victory. Uh, they outshot the uh, Coyotes 30-18, to 18, uh, got the win in that game. 7-1 and one now uh, for the Avs in their last eight games. Three-game losing streak for Arizona, but all on the road. Let's not forget, this team comes into this game on a six-game home winning streak. Let's not sleep on that. Arizona's won six straight at home, and I question focus. I question, you know, do you want to put your foot down here uh, for Colorado a second time, you know, against this Arizona team? Uh, I wish that at Colorado, they do play tomorrow, uh, and so does Arizona, but I just wish for Colorado it was someone other than Anaheim that was a better team. Like if they were playing, let's say, Vegas tomorrow, I'd really love this spot to maybe take a shot with Arizona in the draw and the split between the two, because that's kind of what I'm leaning with here is Arizona draw split uh, in this game. I still think these teams play close games. It's still not an easy. The Friday night game wasn't easy for Colorado. That was 1-1. Uh, in the third period before Colorado made it 3-1. I don't see Colorado running away with this thing uh, here tonight. You look at the series history, the last five meetings, two have gone to overtime. Arizona's won two of them. In fact, Arizona's won the last two games against Colorado, hosting Colorado here in the desert. So, you know, the Coyotes definitely can uh, play them tough. Um, I I'm going to go with a small Arizona draw split. I just wish Colorado was playing a, uh, a better opponent than Anaheim's. So, uh, it would be a better potential look ahead. But, you know, there are, and I think Arizona at home has played, has shown you enough that they're going to compete in this game and it's going to be close competitive. If you, if you want some security uh, in this game, you could go with the plus one and a half, which is around even money, minus 105 uh, on Arizona. I think the plus two and a half is a little too pricey. I, I would stay away from that. But the plus one and a half on the Coyotes, if you want a little uh, security. But, you know, they've won six in a row at home. They've beaten Colorado twice in a row at home, uh, Arizona. So uh, I like Arizona draw split. That's what I'm going to go with here. The money line, full game, and also the uh, draw uh, here in this game. The hope that we just don't get Colorado in regulation. You know, that's the only thing that can upset the apple cart here. So Arizona plus 260, a little on that. And the uh, draw, which is plus 404 at Pinnacle. I mean, again, great, great price. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Colorado, Arizona. Yeah, to our viewers, your mail in the chat, you might want to cover your ears here, but I'm betting the draw at plus 400. I grabbed that at, uh, at Bet Online uh, earlier today. This is the only draw I actually like on this card. Like I said, Arizona and Colorado have always played tough games. Arizona has been, you know, 
playing with pride at home. You know, we, we've all cracked all the arena jokes we can handle, you know, throughout the season. But, uh, you know, they've played there with some energy. You know, we talk about how, you know, that smaller atmosphere, more intimate, uh, you know, sized crowd right on top of you making noise and, and, you know, great ice surface, all those different things that have, have uh, you know, helped Arizona, you know, get some victories against some quality teams at home this year and, uh, and, and play with some pride and momentum. And like I said, we've seen this with these teams, these Arizona and Vancouver, although Arizona still has a great chance to get, uh, you know, that top lottery pick, but you still see so many teams fighting and playing for pride. Like I said, the players aren't tanking. It's, a, it's the, the management and the ownership they're tanking. Uh, so, you know, this is a game where in Colorado on the road, we've seen them kind of lace the mags here and there. Uh, like I said, I don't know if I think Arizona wins this game. I think it goes to OT. I see Colorado ending it quickly, but uh, I think it gets past 60. So at plus 400, we're going with the draw. Yeah, plus four. Uh, great price. Like I said, plus 400 is what we're looking at. And I'm going to sprinkle with that as well as, like I said, the uh, Arizona uh, as well, uh, money line here in this game. And as far as uh, props go, um, you know, I, I think for Colorado, Val Nachushkin's now on the top line with McKinnon and Rantanen. So I definitely think that is a, a good situation for him and his props tonight. JT Comfer, I keep talking about him. He continues to be pretty good for the Avalanche offensively of late. I know he's more of a two-way center. People think of him as that, but he's got some offensive potential and upside. And we're seeing that lately out of uh, Comfer. So I don't mind the look for him as well for props. And then for Arizona, I'm just going to come back to Barrett Hayton to get a point, Matias Michelli to get a point, Lawson Krause has picked it up. He could get a point as well. There are a lot of good point prop options here for uh, Arizona. Krause, Michelli, Hayton, they're the ones that stand out. I mean, if you want to bet Clayton Keller to score a goal, I mean, the price isn't great, but he's just incredibly, insanely uh, on fire at the moment. Uh, Clayton Keller for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So, again, you can talk about the price not being the best, uh, but still, I mean, it's it seems like a, a damn good ch a chance for him. If someone's going to find the back of the net for the uh, Coyotes, it's him at plus 195. Uh, you can get with his uh, goal prop here uh, at points bet. So uh, interesting to see uh, how this one plays out. But I just get that sense. It's not going to be an easy game here uh, for Colorado. All right, Boston, Carolina. We've got uh, the Hurricanes minus 120. Home favorite, six the total. I hope you have more about for this game than I do, Alex. This is a, this is a clear stay away. Total pass for me. Um, it's not a great Boston spot just because they're back, going on the road to Carolina after the big win against Tampa yesterday. Pretty physical, intense game. Uh, and uh, Carolina, of course, I think is always up to play Boston. We've seen that already this year. Carolina beat Boston at home already earlier uh, in the uh, regular season. Again, for them, it's a back-to-back -back too, but uh, no travel for them after beating Toronto last night. Uh, although they didn't play great. Again, Kochekov kind of bailed them out last night. Toronto did outplay Carolina, so they're going to have to play a lot better. Uh, it was all Mark yesterday, so you assume Jeremy Swayman gets the uh, start here for uh, Boston, and you'd assume Frederick Anderson gets the start for uh, Carolina after it was Kochekov last night. So, uh, like I say, Boston plus 100 is staring me in the face, and to me, I should. it feels like I should be on Boston, but uh, I could see this one going either way. And I could see Boston kind of having one of those games like they had a few weeks ago, you know, against Detroit, you know, and uh, the Chicago game where maybe they're just not as uh, gung-ho. And to keep in mind as well, they clinched the Atlantic division yesterday. And I'm always, always leery of backing a team after a playoff clinch, a division clinch, uh, a, a conference clinch, a number one seed clinch, whatever clinch you can think of. I'm always leery of backing that team in the very next game. So I, I, that's why I'm, I don't want Boston here. But come on. Uh, I also don't love the idea. Of, but yeah, let's bet against Boston, the best team in the NHL at even money. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that either. So easy pass. What do you think here, Alex? I'm with Carolina. Uh, I said it three and a half, four weeks ago when we talked about, you know, Boston running away with this, uh, you know, division and, and everything else that, you know, once they clinch, this will be the time where we start seeing them taking their foot off the brake. I said, we already saw when they clinched the playoff spot. Now here they are clinching the division. Uh, you know, the president's trophy will come in due time next. So this is definitely the point now where we start seeing Boston really kind of uh, taking that foot off the gas and against a Carolina team that needs points still. And coming off of it, like I said, you know, not, you know, you know having a, a tough effort. I think this is a great Carolina spot. I actually got minus a dollar 14 and bet online uh, earlier. 
But even dollar twenty is fine. Like I said, even though Carolina, I would like them to be playing in better form, and they know they need to play in be- a better form right now. They've had some uh, some tough losses. They need to get back on on the that right track, and and this is the perfect team to do it against. You, you're gonna, you know, more than likely get through Boston if you're getting to where you want to go, right? Through the Carolina Hurricanes. So you have to play this game with the utmost importance, even if Boston's not gonna take it seriously. And you know, like I said, winning the division. What better place, uh, you know, or, or region in the country to win the division? You're leaving Tampa and you're going to Raleigh might have been, uh, you know, a, a little celebration for some of those Boston players a bit. But uh, I can see Carolina jumping out early with the lead and, and winning this game. Uh, so I just got them to some straight up on the money line. All right, Carolina, uh, minus uh, 114 up to still minus 120 at most spots. Pretty good uh, pricing there as far as that, uh, those, uh, as far as Carolina here. And again, we've Boston off that division clinch of the Atlantic division yesterday. I do think it's a little tricky, you know, to trust them to have that, you know, full focus on this uh, hockey game this afternoon against the uh, hurricanes. As far as the uh, prop market goes for this game, you know, I'm going to talk about a few players now. Aho, you know, is really starting to pick his game up offensively big time. He's got five goals in the last four games. I mean, if you want to, and five, five, six points in the last four games. So if you want to sprinkle on Aho props, I'd say, go ahead uh, again, Aho is one of the players that is never, you know, the best bargain as far as props go, but he's absolutely uh, rolling right now for uh, Carolina. His goal prop plus 140, plus 154, actually, plus 154 at Pinnacle, uh, minus 165 to get a point. So it's actually, I thought, uh, honestly, the point prop would be a little bit higher than that. So I actually might lay minus 165. I don't do that very often, but boy, I mean, that seems like it should be closer to minus 200. Uh, than that. Uh, how about Stefan Nason? Don't sleep on him. What a little run he's put together. He's got four points in the last six games, two goals uh, as well during that span for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So there's a, that, that's definitely more of a bargain option here. Look at Steph Nason uh, to find the uh, score sheet. Plus 162 at FanDuel to get a point. Plus 162 uh, for uh, Stefan uh, Nason to get a point. That is just outstanding considering what we've seen lately, plus 500 at FanDuel uh, to get a goal uh, as well. I'd sprinkle on both. I like the point prop more because if you look at uh, Nason's last uh, several games, his last six games, uh, during that span he has four points, only two goals. Uh, so he's gotten more points than goals, but I think he definitely can bet both of those props, and I think you have a chance to cash some big plus money uh, with both of those for uh, Stefan Nason uh, in this uh, game. Uh, Tara Vinen, uh, three points in the last uh, five games for uh, Carolina. Goals in two of the last three games. He's another solid option for uh, Carolina. And uh, usually I talk Marty Natchez for uh, Carolina and uh, goes without saying again for him because he's got two goals the last five games. More importantly for Martin Natchez, two, three, five, six, seven points in the last six games for Natchez uh, coming into uh, today. So, uh, obviously, uh, he's always someone when Carolina is playing. I'm interested in the prop, and you could actually go with a Aho prop and a Natchez prop. They're both minus 165 at DraftKings. If you don't want to bet them straight, you can put them in a parlay, get plus money out of it. So, uh, I definitely look in that direction. Boston, I would just say if if anyone's going to contribute for them, it's DeBrus- DeBrusque's on a little heater. Bergeron is really starting to pile up points. I think Bergeron point props are really good right now. Uh, he has really uh, picked his offensive game up uh, significantly here uh, in recent games. So he's probably the best of the bunch, honestly, from a value standpoint. Patrice Bergeron, only minus 112 to get a point uh, in this game, considering the way he's been playing lately uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins. So it's a good prop game. Even though I, I'm not betting a side or a total, I think it's a, a good prop game, some value uh, in the player prop market here. All right, Toronto and Nashville. Uh, we've got the uh, Leafs minus 180, uh, road favorites, six and a half the total. So I have a very unique way of approaching this game and the way I'm going to bet it. I'm going to take Nashville in the first period because the way I see it after yesterday against Seattle, if they don't show up in the first period with their backs against the wall, when are they going to show up, right? Like if they don't have a good start today, they're they're done, they're probably fucked for the game and their season's probably over. So I think Nashville, I've got to expect after getting just absolutely destroyed in the third period against Seattle that backs against the wall Whatever, you know, faint playoff hopes we have still, and they're, I think, still only five points out because Winnipeg lost uh, yesterday. So there's still a chance. And Nashville does still have games in hand on Winnipeg as well. So, but it's got to start with a good first 20 minutes. You got to get the first goal. They fell behind early as well. 
against Seattle yesterday, and they got outshot, Alex. It was 10-1, to 1, the shots on goal in the first period at one point for Seattle. I think even not, not one of my favorite coaches in the world, as you know, uh, John Hines, even he should be smart enough to, to, to tell this team, hey, we got to be ready to go from the opening faceoff uh, here tonight. Uh, against this Seattle, uh, sorry, against this Toronto Maple Leafs team after what happened yesterday uh, against Seattle. So uh, I, I like Nashville in the first period. I think they've got to come out with that, you know, urgency, start better, start much better than they did against Seattle because the, the, the Nashville was in their defensive zone for what felt like the entire first period yesterday against Seattle. So I think they've got to have a good, strong first period. I'm going to go with Nashville here, plus 140 at Pinnacle, money line. Uh, in the first period. And then if Nashville, let's say it's there, let's say I push and it's tied after the first or they're up one, nothing. I actually might circle back and go Toronto with a live bet at that point and trust the better team off a loss of their own yesterday uh, against Carolina to get stronger as the game goes on and, and get better and find a way to win it. So uh, that's basically the way I'm going to go about it. See if I can cash this first period on Nashville, get the lead, maybe grab plus money on Toronto. Uh, for the full game at that point. So that's the way I'm going to approach this game. And don't sleep on the kid in net for Toronto tonight. Uh, Joseph Wall, uh, who's going to be the, uh, he's been a brick wall, uh, no pun intended, for the uh, Leafs. He's played very well for this team in his NHL starts since he was called up to the uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs from the Marlies. Keep in mind, the reason why he was called up is because Samsonov, you know, is away from the team right now, uh, awaiting the birth of his kid. Uh, you know, so that's, uh, and plus he's been ill, he's had an illness and he's awaiting the birth of his, uh, his wife to give birth. So those two reasons are why he didn't even make this road trip with Toronto through Carolina and Nashville. So it was uh, Murray last night and it's going to be Joseph wall uh, here tonight. And, uh, Joseph walls numbers are very good. Uh, 2.03 goals against 938 save percentage, uh, last two starts, one goal allowed against Montreal, uh, 30 shots. One goal allowed against Calgary on 26 shots, and Toronto won both games. So you know, Joseph Wall's been really solid. He's been one of the best goalies in the AHL uh, this season, an all-star. I think he was the all-star game MVP as well mm -hmm. in that all-star game. So it's a good goalie. Um, so that's why I'm only on Nashville early. Nashville has to start strong after what happened yesterday. I'm on them in the first period. But if they do win the first period, I'll circle around and look for a live bet on the Leafs. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Toronto, Nashville. So I'm taking the same approach, but I think I'm even being more cautious. I'm looking for Nashville to score the first goal, which I'm trying to find that prop available. It's not up in a couple of books. I guess they're still kind of dragging their feet with a couple of these games, but uh, I want Nashville to score the first goal and and then look for Toronto live. So that could easily happen in the first period. I, I, and I want to take that because I think I don't know if Nashville can get out of this first period. Like I I, I Right there with you, the way they played yesterday, the way they folded, they have to come out hot immediately. But that may not be the case. And even if they get that first goal, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be uh, you know, that they're dominating the pace. How often have we seen – Nashville's been one of those teams where they've been outshot, like I said, uh, you know, at a high clip. But then all of a sudden, they were the ones getting the goal. You know, Four shots on a goal, one of them went in, and they end up with the lead. And Toronto's been that kind of a team to, to, you know, if they are trailing early, it's been they've put up a good effort, but for some reason a bad goal went back their way and they were trailing or the game was tied. So I, I definitely get the sentiment for that, but I still think Toronto finds a way to put a, a better full effort in this contest to put away Nashville. Nashville looks looks to be toast to me, honestly. And, uh, and I thought – I felt like they were going to have to fight just to hang on and keep it close with, with Seattle. That's why I liked the draw in that game yesterday. And they were they were playing as tough as they could, and Seattle just turned that offense up to a different level, which we know they can do that. They haven't done that as much as they did early in the season, but we know that Seattle's offense, when they put it together, they're hard to stop. Uh, Toronto's the same deal. When Toronto's the offense gets hot, and they can name their own score. If they can do that against Nashville, this could get ugly fast. So I'm looking for Nashville to get that first goal early, and even if I lose that, still might try to jump and grab something of Toronto live at a better price. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that I think we're both looking at similar approaches that we both think Nashville will come out strong. They have to kind of uh, get that first goal, uh, but we know who the better team is, and, and that could show itself, you know, <laughs> as the game uh, goes on. So that, that's kind of the way we're going about it here. I, I'm, it's interesting to see what uh, they do in terms of the goaltending because uh, obviously – and. I'm I'm absolutely shocked that when that game finally got out of hand, and I know it was in the third period, but Saros was never taken out. 
you know, after the seven goals yesterday. So do you put him back in on a back-to-back after a dreadful seven-game, you know, a seven-goal uh, loss, you know, for uh, Soros? Put him in on a back-to-back because he is your guy. You're going to sink or swim with him. Or do you go with Kevin Lankinen, who was playing well but wasn't so good in his last start, I remember it, for the uh, Nashville Predators. So tough decision here with what the Predators decide to do in goal. As far as props go, do we bet the over four-and-a-half shots for uh, Austin Matthews? After a 15-shot-on-goal night last night, I mean, if you had bet over 14-and-a-half shots on goal last night with Austin Matthews, you would have won. Uh, but clearly, he's got his confidence back. He's got multi-goal games in two straight. Um, it, I, 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 do, I did bet him to score a goal. I know it's minus 115. It's it's not value, but when he gets in one of these zones, you just bet him to score because he scores in bunches. It's been this way his whole career, and he's in one of these zones again where he's just scoring pretty much every game. Uh, now for uh, Toronto. So, uh, yeah, minus 115. I didn't mind uh, taking that price for uh, Matthews uh, to score tonight uh, in this game. Uh, some other props. I'm going, going back, back to Cali. Cali. Yarn Croak scored last night for the Leafs. Uh, I like his props again tonight. He's found that chemistry with the aforementioned Austin Matthews and uh, Mitch Marner. And then on the Nashville side, um, you know, Thomas Novak, it's probably him again because he just seems to be uh, somehow, some way finding the score sheet. La- yesterday he did not, but for the most part, he's been uh, reliable uh, in terms of getting on the uh, scoreboard. His point prop has still remained uh, very solid uh, for them. So that's the one I would uh, that stands out more than anybody else for uh, Nashville. If I'm going to look at a prop for them, it's uh, Thomas Novak uh, in terms of the uh, point prop tonight in this game. All right. That's the first three games of the card. we got two more games left, uh, 265 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. And shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We'll be back with the remaining two games on this Sunday NHL card right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the ice, guys, and uh, coming up two more games. But we also want to remind you, before we get to our last two games uh, on this Sunday card, the Ice Guys Playoff Box Giveaway presented by Gramco. Uh, Alex, fill everybody in about it. Yeah, we got the form. Like I said, it's tagged. If you follow us on Twitter at the underscore Ice Guys, uh, also, like I said, follow our link tree page of the Ice Guys. Uh, I got to put it on the Patreon page as well. But we got the link everywhere. We can fill out uh, the form, just answer a few questions, and be entered into a contest to win either. Uh, one of five people will get a $10 gift card to use at the Gramco's website. But one person will win a box with Delta gummies. Uh, you get 20 of them, oh, tw- sorry, 30 of them at 25 milligrams a piece. You get two Delta 8 pre-rolls covered in CBG Keef, and you get a two-gram disposable and a great flavor of mimosa, uh, one of my favorites. This box is valued at $60. You can win this free. Enter now. Like I said, check out the, uh, our Twitter page. It's at the top of the page pinned. Uh, fill out that form, and you have till April 7th to fill it out. And so two weeks from today, April 8th, we will announce all the winners on the live episode of the Ice Guys. Uh, so definitely, you know, get on over to the Twitter page, follow the Twitter page, of course, and uh, sign up now. And we will announce all six of those winners uh, in two weeks from the day. There we go, which is the final Saturday uh, of the uh, NHL regular season, Saturday, uh, April the 8th. So uh, that'll be the big day where we announce the winners of that uh, contest. All right. Two games left. Uh, we'll go now to uh, Chicago, the Windy City, Vancouver Canucks, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Vancouver minus 170 road favorites, six and a half the uh, total. 
uh, in this game. The Canucks, uh, it's de- definitely been a great run, as we just uh, talked about earlier when we look, recap the uh, Dallas game last night. Another victory for the Canucks, 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, 9-2 and two in their last 11 games. Uh, it's been a great effort team-wide. I mean, the power play has been good. How about the penalty kill? I think that's been the incredible turnaround for the Vancouver Canucks. This had a, this was an embarrassing team to watch kill penalties early in the season. I mean, it was just automatic. You, the other team would score on the power play. They've now gone five straight games without surrendering a power play goal. And you got to give the players credit. You got to give Rick Tockett's, you know, co- uh, and the coaching staff credit. They've worked with this team, better active sticks, better positioning, more aggression uh, on the puck carrier. Uh, when the other team has the power play, and they've been very solid uh, in the last five games. Chicago, uh, the effort was there yesterday. It was a pretty even hockey game against uh, Minnesota, but the wild score late and then add an empty netter to win 3-1. Four straight losses now for Chicago. I mean, their offense is stuck in mud, Alex. Four goals in the last four games uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. So the uh, offense has gone completely dormant. Probably not going to be easier any easier to score goals tonight, considering the way Vancouver's picked it up here defensively. Uh, it looks like Peter Morozik expected uh, to be a net, but not confirmed yet for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. We'll have to wait and see uh, on that. But as of right now, we're kind of leaning toward him playing. I, I actually think they might give Colin Delia the start tonight for the uh, Vancouver Canucks against his former team, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. That would make a lot of sense, especially on a back-to-back. I don't think they'd throw Demko in there uh, two nights in a row, uh, even though he's playing well. And normally I'm not a big Delia fan, but if anything is going to uh, stimulate a, a nice step-up effort from him, it might be tonight playing a team he used to be with. So uh, I, I I like Vancouver in some form here. Uh, I don't regulate. I probably will do a first-period puck line regulation split uh, with Vancouver uh, in this game. Uh, I could see them coming out strong early. And the regulation price, I think they'll find a way as well. It's just Chicago to me. They look like a, a team that's uh, circling the gutter and realizing that the best thing they can do uh, is uh, continue to lose and put themselves in a better position for uh, Connor Bedard. Not that the players are thinking that. Players aren't thinking that. But players are just not good enough to uh, uh, do anything about it. And uh, this management certainly isn't going to be shedding any tears that they uh, keep, the L's keep if the L's keep piling up here. Uh, down the stretch uh, what do you think here alex canucks blackhawks yeah it's full speed ahead down madison avenue for that uh for the blackhawks tank right now and that's the way it's supposed to be it's the way it should have been you know for most of the season honestly they, they did uh, have some some quality victories there at times but this is a vancouver team like i said you know playing some great hockey 10 of the last 13 and they've mentioned they've cleaned up things on defense and how much do you want to bet that the change that was probably made in that room was probably rick tockett taking the marker out of mike yo's hand and he started running things on that penalty kill and started doing things more on the defensive end. And all of a sudden, they yeah. got better. Is that that's shocking, isn't it? Like, well, yeah, Mike Yo does less, the team does better. Yeah, so uh, maybe Vancouver can kind of learn from that. And probably do the same thing Philly and Minnesota, St. Louis did, showing the door. But that's a whole other thing. Uh, Vancouver should take care of business early in this one. If it is Delia, which, like I said, makes a world of sense, I would be a little leery on that regulation. Yes, this is uh, the franchise that drafted him and kind of dumped him aside after he had some terrible starts with the Hawks. But uh, there was a reason for that. He's not a good goaltender. So uh, he's not a guy I would want to trust to put together a win even against a a horrible Hawks team that hasn't been able to find the back of the net often uh, in the last couple of games. But I like that first period puck line. I grabbed that actually at plus 150 earlier, uh, laying that half a goal. We know how bad the Hawks are. You know, teams have been, you know, cashing in against them left and right with this first period puck line. Six o'clock, home start. Uh, that's notorious, notoriously bad games for Chicago. Usually, we got to go with Vancouver in that first period puck line and maybe sprinkle on the regulation if it does become Dacia Themko as the starter. But I would expect Colin Delian probably will stay away from that part. All right, good stuff. Um, am I crazy for thinking, Alex, that uh, Colin Delia, if he starts tonight, might actually play really well? Do you think oh, it can no, happen? Oh, he might. No, he got to have a good – I mean, I don't think it's going to be he stands on his head. I think he only faces about 24 shots and stops 22 of them, you know. So so good good, good start on his half and has happened. He gets the win, which I'm sure he'll feel good about. But it won't be, you know, it won't be a, a valiant effort like, uh, you know, what we've seen in, with some of these other goaltenders going back to their old franchise and, you know, really putting together a brilliant performance. I don't expect that. I expect a decent performance because the Hawks offense is so good. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that that's kind of the way I see it too. It's uh, just that the, the this is a good team to face right now for any goalie, right? I mean, the offense just has not been there 
uh, at all for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So it should make things, you know, I would say a little bit uh, easier here. If I'm any team that has goaltending questions heading into the postseason or I'm trying to give a, a guy some work, uh, to get sharpened up for the postseason, I would be starting them against the Hawks. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly uh, my thinking too. Is that definitely uh, you know get in on that exactly? Uh, get get your goalie confidence again. Put him in there uh, and be able to uh, have uh, some uh, success uh, against uh, Chicago right now with their offensive woes. All right, next up, final game: St. Louis Blues, Los Angeles Kings. Kings minus two twenty, home favorites six and a half the total. In this game, uh, Kings are rolling. Uh, this is the, uh, I believe, the end of the homestand for them. Yes, they go on the road after this. That I know what that final homestand, especially when it's been a really good homestand. Sometimes you don't bring your best. I'm not now. This is not going to be enough for me to bet St. Louis, and I'm not going to bet St. Louis here. Uh, but uh, and St. Louis, I should point out, they have won four of their last five. They've played some, you know, decent hockey here of late for the. Uh, uh, going into uh, this game, 6-3 against Anaheim. Some of these uh, teams, though, they've played have been pretty weak, but nevertheless, 6-3 last night against Anaheim. Jordan Binnington returning his first start from his two-game suspension last night. He got the win for the Blues. I would say probably Joel Hofer gets the start with this being a back-to-back uh, here tonight against uh, the uh, LA Kings. Maybe the draw, maybe. Maybe a sprinkle on the draw, perhaps. I, I might get there with that, but... LA is just the better team. I mean, form wise, they could easily win this game, but when you've been on a homestand, that has been a long one. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's the end of that homestand. You're going on the road after this. You know what I mean? Sometimes just, you just, you don't always bring your best. And I kind of worry about that just a little bit here for the um, LA Kings. Phoenix Copley should be in net tonight because we saw Corpus Salo get the front end of the back to back uh, yesterday uh, against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. And it is worth noting, Phoenix Copley did start his NHL career back in 2015 with the St. Louis Blues. So does get a chance to face uh, the team that he first broke into the NHL with uh, about eight years ago. So uh, will that stimulate a hell of an effort for Copley, who's in a battle right now? With, it's like a, it's a full-on battle right now for the LA Kings. In that, and that's another reason why it's tough to bet against them. You got a goalie taking the net every single game, Alex, that says, hey, I got to play well because I want to be the guy starting April 17th uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's a great internal competition going on for the Kings' number one net-minding spot between Copley and Corpusalo right now. Corpusalo had a great start yesterday against the Jets, and now the ball is in Copley's court. Or I should say the puck is in Cop- on Copley's ice, I should say, <laughs> uh, here tonight uh, to try to keep that, you know, keep his name in the mix for that uh, starting spot uh, come playoff time. I think it's going to end up being Corpusalo personally, but uh, Copley's not going to surrender it easily. And he and it's and it's still an open competition until Todd McClellan uh, says otherwise. So uh, I don't have much on this game other than may, maybe I'll put a couple bucks on the draw. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Blues, Kings. Yeah, draw's an interesting look. I actually might look at the under six and a half here because you've got two great goaltending battles here for different reasons. Uh, he said, you know, Copley and Corpus Allo, they're going back and forth because they want to be the top guy to lead the Kings, like I said, into the playoffs. And I think that's really the biggest question mark for goaltending in the playoffs from a, uh, you know, just straight up choice point of view, not necessarily a, you know, uh, well, this veteran's been kind of struggling or, you know, this guy's had injury issues. This is just, no, these are two good goalies. Uh, you know, Corpus Allo getting this, you know, new lease on, on, on life, so to speak, uh, playing with LA now, going to the postseason after having, the rough year with Columbus. Copley has been a fantastic comeback story. A guy's been a HO dreaming for years. So that's a uh, you know one of those you know interesting fun battles to watch. And I think where, you know whichever choice McClellan makes, I think it'll be a, a decent choice because I like this tandem heading into the postseason right now. They both played their asses off. There's a reason they're nine zero and two in their last eleven games. On the flip side, Joel Hofer uh, has now really shaken up that goaltending room in St. Louis because. Thomas Grace has to know that the writing's on the wall with him already. He's he's definitely done. Uh, like I said, I think he's a guy we probably end up seeing going to Europe uh, at this point, the way he's played the last few years here in North America. But with Jordan Bennington, I saw somebody in the chat mention, you know, maybe make Hofer the, the starter and, and have Bennington be the backup. I don't think Bennington's doing to sit well and be the backup. This this kind of feels like, a, like, you know, like I said, he has a lot of tendencies. Reminds me of Eddie Belfort when he was in Chicago. And, you know, they had Dominic Hoschuk and it goes, yeah, we're not we're not playing one two here. One of us has to be the guy, and of course we know what happened there. Hashi goes to Buffalo. The rest is history. So 
I think Bennington might be the one on the move. I've talked about this uh, potentially. He's got a lot to play for. So I think Bennington and Hofer, that back-and-forth battle the rest of the way will be something to watch. There's a reason that Hofer's been playing well. I think we see some good goaltending at both ends. So at minus five, give me under 6.5 here at Blues and Kings. Uh, this, this is one I wouldn't argue with that, the under, actually. The under, definitely I could see it here uh, in this game. Hofer's been good. LA's not giving up much. They only gave up a goal to Winnipeg, who needed the points badly yesterday. They're playing good defensive hockey. You got a motivated, capable goalie in the net every night. Uh, so, yeah, I don't see goals in bunches here in this game. I do like a couple props, though. Velarde, uh to get a point or a goal, I'd look at that. Arvidsson over shots on goal seems to cash every time. He didn't have a point yesterday, but Quinton Byfield for LA, since February 28th, he has a point for uh, LA in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the last eleven games. So uh, I don't mind the uh, prop there for uh, uh, for uh, Quinton Byfield. Uh, and yeah, Carl Grundstrom. I talked about him. All of a sudden, he was putting together a little uh, scoring streak for the uh, LA Kings. And this is a guy that's not uh, in their top six forward group, uh, but still, he was a guy that's on the plays on the fourth line mostly for the Kings. But yet, he was on a consecutive game goal scoring streak, and that was snapped yesterday. But I wouldn't say jump off the train just yet. He still has four goals in the last four games for uh, the um, uh, L.A. Kings. And, yeah, I mean, Kasperi Kapanen, who is a maddeningly inconsistent player, has been throughout his whole career. Uh, but right now, he's on the good side of it for St. Louis. I mean, this opportunity with the Blues has given him new life because he is definitely feeling it at the moment. He has four goals in the last five games for the uh, St. Louis Blues and six points during that span as well. So certainly wouldn't argue with that in terms of uh, Kasperi Kapanen. Uh, Sammy Blay's another one. Yep. He's uh, someone that's back with the Blues, and he's gotten a goal in two straight games, four goals in five games. Uh, incredible point production, two, three, four, six points in the last five games. Uh, I wouldn't talk anyone out of that. The problem with all these Blues props are they're playing against a very stingy, against a very stingy LA Kings team, a very good defensive team with a goaltender that's motivated to play well every single night. So you just wonder and you have to, have to ask yourself, how many goals are they actually going to score here? So you don't want to go you know, wild uh, betting a ton of these Blues props. And if you're going to bet Blues props, especially goal props and point props, keep them small. You know, Don't bet big units. Don't bet big amounts, especially when you're they're playing a very solid defensive foe like they are tonight in the uh, Los Angeles Kings. All right, great stuff. That's the uh, Sunday card. We appreciate it very much. Hit the like button. Uh, 273 live viewers on YouTube. And to our podcast listeners, a reminder, check out patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Uh, goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, daily Ice Guys show betting card, uh, bonus content, and more. Uh, there are always people that ask, you know, we enjoy the show so much. How can we show a little token of our gratitude? That's how you do it. Sign up at our Patreon page. It's just $10 a month, and you get great content every day on the page. Patreon.com slash IceGuys, just $10 a month. Also, check out the Ice Guys store, uh, IceGuys.MySpreadShop.com. We've got hoodies. We've got caps. We've got T-shirts, a uh, bunch of different things. So check that out at the store. Also, like I said, check out our Twitter page, Twitter.com slash the underscore IceGuys. Pinned at the top of the page, we've got the contest form uh, so you can enter in and win a chance to either get a gift card or the playoff box giveaway presented by Gramco. Exactly. So check out uh, uh, the Ice Guys store. And again, that playoff box giveaway presented by Gramco. Fill out the form to be entered into your uh, to, uh, to have a chance to win uh, that contest. And again, we'll announce the winners on Saturday, April 8th, final Saturday regular season show. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that. All right, best bets to wrap it up on this Sunday edition of the Ice Guys in just a moment right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS, that's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. 
Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit. And the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0. We'll take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we're back, and time to wrap with best bets. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're heading over to the west side of Chicago Sunday night, and we're going with the Vancouver Canucks on the first period puck line, laying the half a goal, plus 150. Hawks have been brutal in this spot. Uh, Six o'clock on a Sunday, always tough for them to get things rolling. They've just been bad in the first period overall on these puck lines. Vancouver's been playing some great hockey, winning 10 of the last 13. I expect them to come out hot early and uh, come out of that first period with the lead. So let's go Canucks. First period puck line, laying a half a goal, plus 150. That's my Sunday best bet. There you go. Vancouver Canucks, first period puck line against Chicago. Best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. His best bet's a first period bet, and so is mine. Uh, I'm going to go with Nashville. I'm going to go with that first period money line on Nashville, plus 140 uh, against Toronto. Uh, I think it's a good start for now. They need it. I think they'll get it, especially at home, sitting there waiting for Toronto. Had to fly in from Raleigh, North Carolina last night. Remember, Nashville played a day game yesterday. Toronto had to play the night game uh, in Carolina last night. So uh, it's a little bit of an easier turnaround for Nashville. No travel, and they played during the day yesterday. So I think they'll get off to a good start. I trust them to have a bet. Again, their backs are against the wall. They need a good start. After yesterday's debacle, they were outshot 10-1 in the first period by Seattle at one point yesterday. So I think Nashville brings it early. Nashville first period money line plus 140 against Toronto uh, for my best bet here for this Sunday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Oh, before we go, anything on the college hockey? Uh, someone did ask. Uh, Ohio State and Quinnipiac. Penn State, Michigan. I think Ohio State looked pretty damn good to me. I don't mind taking a yeah, shot yeah. at a plus price with the Buckeyes. I think if I were to bet anything in those two games, that would be it. Yeah, that's probably the, the one thing I would sprinkle on. I mean, we're already in a good spot. I got uh, Boston in pocket at plus 10 to 1, so they're bound to uh, go to Tampa for Frozen 4 and hoping they can take care of business and cash that big winner. So. There you go. Exactly. Penn, Michigan probably beats Penn State. I don't see Penn More State beating likely, Michigan. Yeah. Michigan looks really good. but Maybe look at the over. Lay that price, no. Yeah, the over, exactly, because Michigan yeah. Michigan can score goals in bunches, and uh, Mr. Fantilli leading that team is pretty damn good. I, I would say o Ohio State in the first game today and, and the uh, over in that Penn State-Michigan game, yeah. you know, if yeah, I were to I bet the two that. games today. All right, good stuff. Uh, that is the uh, Sunday slate. Uh, have a great Sunday night, and we'll see you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Mm -hmm.